Welcome to Funny People Ruin Movies for this week, everybody. I'm your host, Adam Cagley. Joining me this week is my good friend and comedian, Alex Malt. Alex is a, a comic originally out of Boston, but you can see him perform literally all over the country now, mostly in L.A., but literally everywhere else now. Uh, make sure to check out his socials or his website for the latest uh, show schedule and info on Alex. This week we're watching his favorite movie, Notting Hill. I've never met anybody in, in, in my life or in my 20 plus years in the entertainment industry that has claimed Notting Hill as their favorite movie. Alex was the first. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, fuck it. Not enough burying the lead. Let's just get into it. Alex Malt, Notting Hill, roll film. I think that's my 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 first question to you is why <laughs> uh why I don't know, man. maybe this was the first rom-com I saw or something but this movie taught me about love, my friend. I, uh, in like right. high school, for whatever reason, went to, I had this movie on VHS and I wore this tape out. I would fall asleep to this film nightly. It was just background noise for me. Really? Yeah. Really? I mean, Hugh Grant does have a very put you to sleep way about him. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, like Julia Roberts' first crush, probably, you know? That helps. Yeah, that does. I don't. I don't know many people that would claim Julia Roberts as their first crush. I don't know. I like Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts and Penelope Cruz were my first two. Penelope Cruz, I get, but Julia Roberts. But you don't love America's sweetheart? Get out of here! <laughs> I forget that she's she's designated as such. <laughs> All right, well, let's. Uh... Let's get good and lonely and watch fucking Notting Hill. <laughs> you don't I'll, have to I'll, be lonely. That's like I, I usually will only watch like you can you can tell my mental state if I'm watching a rom com. That's interesting. I feel like uh, I can only watch rom coms when I'm happy. It's definitely it's, not a like sad experience thing for me. This is gonna sound weird as fuck. I watch Titanic when I'm happy. Yeah. I'll watch it and I'll just be like, they were so in love. And I'm so happy. But like weird. It's weird when you're happy, this stuff that gets you, and when you're sad, that stuff that gets you, you know? Like when you're like happy, like seeing someone just make other people happy, like all of a sudden that's what chokes you up, you know? Like uh, something like this. When I'm good and depressed and shit. Yeah, look at that. America's sweetheart. <laughs> here was my initial thought here. She's just playing Julia Roberts. <laughs> Probably. It's Julia it's 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 Ocean's Twelve. Oh, that yeah, Ocean's Twelve was a copy of a copy. That's what most people didn't get. Was was that Ocean's Twelve was not in reference to Julia Roberts. It was in reference to Nadine Hill. I can, yeah, I can see that. I can totally <laughs> see that. 
it would have made more sense for them to then like have her alias be this character from this movie instead of having Julia Roberts play Julia Roberts for half of the movie. Dude, that that was like the weirdest cop out for a film thing ever. And then on top of that, I realized that we're starting Notting Hill by talking about Ocean's Twelve. But the yeah. other thing that bothered me was wasn't the like reveal in that that they had already done the steal like at the beginning of the movie. So just that entire movie that you watched was unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> that's that's the plot of most of the Ocean's movies. Is like, hey, you know, you spent the last like two hours watching us steal this shit. We stole it in the first 10 minutes of the movie. You wasted your time, you dumb fuck. Uh, like, they laugh at us all. <laughs> laugh their way to the bank. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, uh, I wonder where they got this footage. Like, whether it was just, like, Julia Roberts on a legit red carpet. That's that's what I think, yeah. They, they just pulled, like, stock footage from the SAG Awards or something. <laughs> This is like like when I'm when I'm depressed and lonely, I'll watch rom coms. Because like nine and a half times out of ten, they have really happy endings, and I'll just sit there like, why do they get to be happy? <laughs> See what? Why would you want to be? Like I feel like that's when you want to watch Titanic. You're like, good, at least their love killed them. <laughs> Thank God I'm not in love. <laughs> That would make more sense, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that guy who walked out tattoo that said, I love Ken and now can't remember because he was drunk. Did, did he get drunk, then pass out, and they kept tattooing him, and then yeah. he woke up and can't remember? Cause... Like at, at, no, at no point during his tattoo did he sober. He didn't sober up until after he left. <laughs> he unblacked out right as he walked out the door. <laughs> Tony, he woke up and they're kicking him out, taking his cash. Yep, there's the uh, restaurant owner that doesn't show up again until three quarters of the way through the movie for no reason. I feel like you can say that about a lot of the shit in this movie. <laughs> this, is the thing Tokens, this, is, this is a well-written movie. <laughs> this is... And I, I like his weird-ass roommate. How this guy did not become like a household name after this movie, I have no idea. Oh yeah, I mean like, like he, I don't know what his real name is. Like I don't he's know how a to winner of a human being. I know, I know his first name is Reese. I don't know how to. His last name's like Efan or Ifan or something like that. Ah, so he did other stuff that you know him from. Oh yeah, he was in uh, the last two Harry Potter movies. <laughs> oh really? That's who yeah. that guy is? Yeah. Oh that's uh Luna Lovegood's dad. He he uh became more attractive as he got older. Oh yeah. And he also did he could afford uh, some like surgeries after this, I guess. Did, did, you, did you ever see the replacements with Keanu Reeves? Yeah. He's in the He's replacements in that? too. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember that that well. I just him. remember him throwing footballs at the bottom of the ocean at one point. Oh yeah. Yeah, Keanu cleaned boats for a living. <laughs> why do why do I remember the plot of the replacements that well? <laughs> I like that Notting Hill so far has just been a jump off point for us to talk about other films. That's usually how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> this shirt is a winner as well, by the way. I would wear that shirt. 
And so it was big, just another big block letters that says "Fancy a fuck." Like I, I'm rooting for that guy. Hugh Grant's job in this movie is such a like it, it dates the movie. He's like a hipster before hipsters, man. Like, like how many travel bookshops do you see in the world anymore? <laughs> like spe- specific, like Amazon put every bookstore out of business, let alone yeah. specialty bookstores. I mean, even like in like a Barnes and Noble world where they sell everything, this dude has a bookstore that only sells one specific type of book. <laughs> yeah. And then someone comes in to try to rob it because they really need a traveling <laughs> You're giving away the plot before it happens. Yeah, I know. That's fine. <laughs> Here comes a hot blob. One hot blob. <laughs> That's just a good way to describe Julia Roberts in general. <laughs> She's talking about She's got very pointed features. She does. She does. I like that she she goes into a bookstore in London. To buy a book on San Francisco. <laughs> like rather yeah. she's she's getting like ready she, for San. <laughs> she clearly lives in Los Angeles. Yeah. She, she flies 12 hours to get a book that's a four-hour drive slash 45 minute flight. <laughs> I heard your store has the best books on San Francisco. <laughs> like she's sick of London and just needs to read about anywhere else. <laughs> Dude, I've been to London. That's fair. If she's been there for more than a week, she's sick of it. <laughs> you start to crave San Francisco weather. That's how bad fucking London weather is. Isn't it the same kind of weather? It's all like cloudy and rainy and shit. Yeah, but there's British people there too. They make it cloudier and rainier. Fair. I feel like it rains. It's cloudy in San Francisco, but I don't feel like it rains rains that often. You know, it's just it's gloomy. Bad news. I feel like I would just end up in a pub somewhere with the soccer hooligans. I feel like you'd end up in a travel bookshop stuffing books down your pants. (laughs) Or that. Does that mean I'm going to get to meet and fall in love with Hugh Grant? (laughs) Or Julia Roberts. He's he's working in the last remaining books. You seem more interested in in Hugh Grant so far. That's fine. We can divvy it up. We'll both go to London. All right. I'm betting if we go to London, we'll find like the last remaining travel bookstore and Hugh Grant's just working there. Like, I ran out of money. I work here now. <laughs> I wonder if that blue door still exists. And his apartment's blue door. It used to. I was in London once, and I saw Hugh Grant's blue door. You went and looked for it, didn't you? Sorry. Uh, I was on a tour bus, I'm going to be honest. So kind of. <laughs> I mean, it was a highlight of it, for sure. Now I bet they just take you to all the Harry Potter locations. Oh, yeah, I bet it's now it's just pure Harry Potter. You can tell she's a movie star by the hat she's wearing. <laughs> by the fact that she thinks it's acceptable attire in public. <laughs> it's, it's artsy, yet chic. I like it. Nah. Nah, she would have loved the pandemic times. She could have worn a mask. <laughs> I wonder if that was like super freeing for people. Like if Leonardo DiCaprio was just out. I don't oh, know I how people like you see, I saw like pictures, you know, like Leonardo DiCaprio out, and you like just see like his eyes. And he's like, yeah. who the hell knows that that's Leonardo DiCaprio? The paparazzi that got tipped off that he was gonna be a certain place at a certain time. 
It's just insane to be able to recognize people that quickly. This this is this is my issue with Hugh Grant. Is that if he weren't British, he would just be the most obnoxious human being ever? I mean, if if he said anything he said in an American accent, you'd just be like, I don't know, maybe he'd be Woody Allen. Yeah, (laughs) he wouldn't be charming. Well, my 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 issue with him is that. He feels like an English stereotype. <laughs> mm. Like if you if you gave a bad American actor this script and told him <laughs> to play a London shopkeeper, this is the way the bad American actor would play. It. Is it like a chicken egg scenario? You think? Do you think that like Hugh Grant is became the generic British guy? Or that could think, be. You that know, because he was like pretty ubiquitous as an actor for a while there because he he's just very like yes i'm from london and i own this bookstore <laughs> it, is it is, 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 isn't it funny how i sometimes st- stammer and then other times i don't <laughs> I'm, I'm just so quirky and charming <laughs> yes, I think it was Rigo. It might have been that man my teeth had been fixed so you can tell my family had money <laughs> uh, i want to get my teeth fixed to give the illusion that your family had money. <laughs> to give the illusion that I have better teeth. <laughs> the illusion that I don't eat candy in bed. <laughs> the illusion that I don't have a pile of Swedish fish currently sitting next to my teeth. That's hilarious. <laughs> By teeth, I meant bed. I can't. I can't give you shit for that. I used to keep chips under my bed. So. Ugh, that, I mean, that's difficult with the crumbs. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> You learn to live with it. <laughs> if you if you're eating chips in bed, a random work of art in the background being carried. Oh, they, they do that all the time in London. <laughs> That's a very it's London thing. Carrying Renaissance paintings <laughs> from one estate to the other. <laughs> well, oh, orange juice so boob punch. That's that's more what I'm talking about. The stereotypical English thing. He knocks into her and went, "Oh, bugger." <laughs> Was the, did the guy who wrote this was the guy who wrote this movie American or was he English? It's a good question. Because I, uh, I feel like this was written by an American that was like, "This is how they talk." Uh, I think. What do you mean, just over this? I would hope so, to be honest. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm gonna look. It was written by some American that was just super angry to be in in Britain and was just like, I'm going to create a character that tortures Hugh Grant for two hours straight. Oh, I don't know. He's British. Oh, no. He's New Zealand. He's New Zealander. He's a Kiwi. He's New Zealand-ish, huh? Yeah. That's, that's out of left field. Born born November 8th, 1956 in Wellington, New Zealand. It was Tio Watiki's first film or whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> Waititi. did this. He did this, then he did uh, what we do in the shadow: a shark yes. versus eagle. That's that. That's exactly how this happened. I want to know how his roommate feels when he like comes home and finds him with Julia Roberts in their apartment. Like his roommate that clearly struggles with women, and he just walks in, and his roommate's like, "Oh yes, me and this celebrity are gonna go have a shag." Huh. <laughs> Me and this famous movie star are gonna go have an old romp in the hay. Hmm. Which which one is that? Is that Hugh Grant? 
Yes. Or is that Spike? Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Spot on. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll adjust my impression of Hugh Grant to be more uh, uh, Hugh Grant. Uh, uh, <laughs> by, by the end of it. Certainly not going to be coming back to the shop. I have yeah, to do this that. This is another example of a whole conversation that, like, if you were in American accent, you'd just be like, shut up. <laughs> you're being a creep. You're being weird and you're being a creep. Yeah, like, you can have an English dude be like, I spilled orange juice on you. Would you like to come back to my flat and change and shower off? But an American, yeah, like, hey, like I spilled a, shit. Hey, on I just you. spilled some orange juice on you. You want to come to my house? <laughs> I got some detergent in my basement. <laughs> I got them Tide Pods. <laughs> I'll just break one open on your shirt. We'll have you spick and span and back on the street in no time. And I do mean that in the prostitute sense. <laughs> oh yeah, his whole like not in the prostitute sense. Like it, without the <laughs> accent, he would just sound like a total dick. <laughs> Hi. When I was uh, when I was in high school. Bed. My best friend and I thought that it would be a good idea to, like, go to the movie theater and hit on girls with fake English accents. <laughs> I think everyone's done the fake accent thing at one point. <laughs> we, we thought it would, like, fucking kill. And uh, Nope. No. <laughs> like we're, probably, look at that. Straight to the kiss, by the way. Look at that. Right yeah. in the story. This is the John Wick of romantic comedies. We did not have to. We didn't pussyfoot around anything. We're already kissing. It's the John Wick of rom-coms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's she's just awfully grateful that he wasn't weird while she was getting the orange juice off of her <laughs> see guys if you just aren't creeps girls kiss you afterwards that's <laughs> what you learn from this that's 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 the lesson to take away from this movie who do you think shows more midriff in this julia roberts or the roommate by the, the end of it the roommate I think, <laughs> I think we definitely see more of spike than we do of julia yeah, he's 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 varying degrees of unclothed for most of the movie. Why doesn't he own anything that fit him? <laughs> he's been an adult for long enough that like he's had to rebuy clothes at some point. You know, it's not like they're leftover teenager clothes. I mean, they do also talk about how he doesn't know how to do his own laundry. Yeah, that's true. He's probably shrunk everything. It's probably just yeah. a story decision. Everything's shrunk. That or he just like never bought new clothes and he's just wearing all the old shit. Yeah, he for sure shrunk everything. That's, that's definitely an art. That's, that's a good catch there. I like it. Nah, that, that shirt is <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Welcome to our new podcast, Talking About Laundry. <laughs> I have a feeling that the writer took this scene from a movie of his that he thought was brilliant and just oh. no one ever picked up. You know, like this oh, was absolutely. his first rom com where there was just. They yeah. walk. They walk around the art studio. She says no a lot of times, and then she smiles. I think <laughs> and everyone was like, "Nope." I think you could say that about like every clip of her in a movie that they show in this movie. <laughs> He's yeah. just appropriating his old scripts. <laughs> it's all his like uh, film school things, complete yeah. with unnecessary black and white. 
no you know it's artsy because it's yeah. in black and white but that dialogue and they paid for super swelly Hans Zimmer music and fucking Matthew Modine it was Matthew Modine playing the dude I had, I had to look it up because ah. the mustache they've got on him threw me up but yeah I feel, I feel like it's just like no one will understand why it's so artistic but it needs to be in black and white yeah I don't know why I can't do an English accent without going, meh. <laughs> it just feels right. For me, the meh is like the, it's a cigar, see, meh. <laughs> see, I, I like to think more like like, like the English aristocrats. Like, let me count my Scrooge McDuckerables. <laughs> like I just mixed like eight different scotch. things there at once. <laughs> I said rubles, that's Russian. Uh-huh. Same thing. Ish, I guess. Just um, incidentally, uh, why? <laughs> like, are you wearing pants? there is something pretty obviously not okay with his roommate. There never will be, you know, unless you actually clean. <laughs> He's there's sm- no way that guy pays rent, right? <laughs> no, there's no way. That dude, a hundred percent, lives there for free. <laughs> like he's he, he, Hugh Grant just needs company post divorce. Like, how do you think they met? This dude definitely just was like sleeping on the this roof one day. And he's That's, like, "Do you want to come think, in?" I think, I think he's the ex-brother-in-law. Oh, really? that like Hugh, Hugh Grant just feels bad for, so he lets him live there. Like maybe he lived he lived with them while they were married, and then after the divorce, he's like, "I've got nowhere else to go," and he's like, "It's okay, you can stay with me, old boy." That's great. I've never caught that point. That is the ex. That is so pathetic that you let your, like, if your wife leaves you for someone that looks like Harrison Ford, you kick the brother out. <laughs> you At the very least. He's just such a nice fellow. I can't, I can't do that to him. I wonder if, like, Hugh Grant got to pick whatever actor he wanted for, like, the guy that he looked like, and Hugh Grant just picked whichever actor he was, like, angry at at that point. Like, Hugh Grant yeah. picked me up for Indiana Jones. <laughs> like, I still haven't forgiven for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I mean, like, like, he was, like, standing in their kitchen, smoking and eating a bowl of cereal simultaneously while wearing a wetsuit. Like, he's pretty, pretty obviously, like, something's not okay with, like, ask your roommate if he needs a fucking hug or some shit. You have free health care over there. The medicine is free, people. He's just recreationally wearing snorkeling goggles, like... And he smokes clearly like 15 packs a day. Yeah. So like, which is a very expensive habit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially in London. So. Fucking Hugh Grant's just like, my roommate's so stupid. He's such an asshole. That place oh, no. must smell so bad. Oh, that, that place would smell fuck. Like, he looks kitchen like kitchen was dirty. That guy's yeah. never done laundry. He He's always smoking. cigarettes constantly. That apartment smells like straight up shit. Like, look at it. it's the windows. You know? That's probably just all smoke residue. There, there is one hundred percent a cat. And you grant tears. You grant tears. There's one hundred percent a cat somewhere in that apartment that they don't know died like two years ago, <laughs> or is just living off of the mice happily. Yeah, they don't even know it's there. <laughs> My name is William Thacker. I work in a bookshop. It's just the most English fucking thing. I don't know. Perhaps um, 
I could drop around for tea later or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You can make a drinking game for sure out of all the times they mentioned tea as a solution to things in this movie. Anytime oh, things go sideways, yeah. he's like, well, 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 we could get some tea. <laughs> maybe, uh, uh, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> That being said, I am currently drinking tea. There. That must have hurt that guy's eyes so bad to leave them open when he blew that smoke. Oh yeah, that had to burn like shit. That had to be so rough. It had to be so painful. probably did it with his eyes closed a bunch like just for this one take can you do it with your eyes open you have to blow it into the mask with your eyes open to show that you're just so awkward and weird yeah how about the director is the director british we look that up too probably probably we, we need to know the division so we know who to yell at for what parts of this film <laughs> let me uh, let me look it up Roger Mitchell. It sounds British. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, I'm Roger Mitchell. I directed Notting Hill. <laughs> yep, British theater director. Are you sure? I think they were talking about Hugh Grant as a potential James Bond when it went to Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Can you imagine if it went that direction? Oh, God, that would have been fucking awful my name is J -J -J james james bond <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry mr blofeld would you would you like to come back to my flat for some have you met P -P -P pussy <laughs> i'm gonna so what did you think of the film yeah yeah i just found that there's a GQ article from 2017 titled The Best James Bond We Never Had is Hugh Grant. Because <laughs> James Bond picks up tranny hookers on Sunset Boulevard. And you're from? Allegedly. I have to read this article because this just sounds ridiculous. Where'd it go? Uh, uh, ugh. Hugh Grant was virtually born to play Bond. Watch him in About a Boy or Bridget Jones's Diary. He's a creep whose effortless charm and charisma <laughs> mask the yeah, obvious. Bond is a creep. <laughs> Daniel Craig's gritty, spiky interpretation is the closest we've gotten to this so far, but it's time to go all out. Hugh Grant doesn't need to play likable for a second. He just is. Imbued with all the opportunities and arrogance being a white man affords. <laughs> this is a GQ article? From 2017. Dude, GQ was woke for 2017. Just already hating on the white man. James Bond, to borrow another analogous body part, is an asshole. He orders, <laughs> he orders martinis and sneers at foreigners while he shoots at them. He wins at poker and throws his friends in the garbage. I feel like this was written by one of the Bond girls that James Bond oh, left. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> written by like an angry ex of James Bond. 
James, sorry, James Bond is an asshole. He orders martinis and oh, sneers and at Paul. At the end of it, say like, oh, and by the way, don't ever date him. Yeah. <laughs> he has such mother issues. I, I imagine <laughs> I Grant was probably thought about doing all of these things, laughing to himself while he walks around his house with Ride of the Valkyries playing at full blast. I don't remember Bond ever doing that. No. How unattractive is this suit, by the way? Oh, incredibly. <laughs> that is incredibly. The like this suit is the only time that I am not attracted to so, Julia Roberts. She looks like she's running for city council. <laughs> she looks like she's gonna lose for city council. <laughs> she looks like a nightmare that I've had before. You know, it's like I have this dream where it was Julia Roberts' head, but on Abraham Lincoln's body. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd mind that. That'd be pretty awesome. Just wondering whether you've ever thought of having um, more uh, horses in it. I, I like that Hugh Grant sneaks into this press junket by saying he's with horse and hound. Like it's comedy the, gold. This is comedy gold here. Well, like it's it's implying that the people running her press junket wouldn't know the publications that they asked to come to her <laughs> press junket, and for some reason are just totally cool with a fox hunting magazine interviewing her about her new movie. Yeah, like that. Like her Wrangler right there wouldn't have been like. Can, can we ask some non-stupid questions? <laughs> It's 1999, so they would have used the R word. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know. English people, they might not have. They might have just called them goofy. Daft. Or something. <laughs> yeah. The Do not daft ask questions. daft questions. Ah, yes. Excellent. I just bring Julia Roberts a sparkling water. <laughs> she, she consumes it at an alarming rate. <laughs> <laughs> I've brought it four times in this scene alone. <laughs> <laughs> that Perhaps soon, I'll bring more flowers warm. next time. <laughs> That's all he's really doing is watering those flowers. <laughs> She's just pouring bush. it out into the flowers. This guy won't stop bringing me fucking water. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I always tell this story. Uh, I did a movie, fuck, like, I had asked like 13 or 14 years ago. And uh, uh, it was one of like, the only times I was the lead in a studio movie and not like a little indie flick. Yeah. So I had a production assistant that was designated to just be my production assistant. That's cool. And this dude like stood outside my dressing room door all day, every day. Like that was his sole job. And every time I would rather go into or out of my dressing room, he would always ask me if I needed anything. And I was always like, nah, man, I'm, I'm cool. And then I was I was talking to the director uh, later that day, and I'm like I'm like yeah, like it kind of makes me uncomfortable. This dude just like stands at my door and asks me if I need shit all day. Like I don't need him to get me things. And this director looks at me and he goes, "No, if he asks you if you need something, I don't care if you don't want it, if you don't drink it. Ask him for a cup of coffee because that's what we're paying him to do." <laughs> interesting philosophy so every time i would go into or out of my dressing room and this dude was like do you need anything i'd be like love a coffee you, so, get, you, you gotta find something really difficult so it takes him like a while you know just be like so, you remember coconut m&ms find me some of those <laughs> i want some cheese skittles <laughs> 
I was like, by by the end of the day. Was there such a thing as cheese Skittles ever? No. no. I really were coconut M&Ms, and they are the most delicious things that no longer exist. I, I would just but love to see a cheese Skittle. Cheese Skittle. <laughs> I can just imagine there being like a weird run of like odd, you know, like bacon flavored Skittles. You know, Slim Jim Skittles crossover. Oh, oh, that's so gross. <laughs> so that texture mixed with that flavor. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, like, by the end of the day, I would, I would go home and the coffee table in my dressing room would have like a dozen cups of coffee on it that had been like barely touched or like sipped lightly. That it was then that dude's responsibility to clean up and to pour clean out up. all your cold fucking coffee. And I, I, I like to imagine this dude's just like, why the fuck does he keep asking for coffee? He doesn't drink. Uh, I like the fact though that Julia Roberts called him in just to make sure he was okay with quote unquote that whole kissing thing. Did you enjoy making the film? Yes, I did. Her character in this movie strikes me as one of those, like, batshit crazy celebrities. Dude, I'm telling you, this is why I dated so many crazy women in my life. It's because this woman treats him terribly and he keeps coming back to her. And then it has one of your stupid happy endings at the end. So I'm like, oh, it's cool. Like, just make sure they throw you away three times. That fourth time, that's the charm. (laughs) That fourth time. Like, you know, I, just I, make I, sure she screws you over three times, then you just gotta chase her to an airport, and everything's good. It's just happily ever after. After that point, I, I could probably say the same thing about Titanic because, like, every relationship I get into, like, four hours into headed for an iceberg. Yeah, oh, you got to. Like four hours into it, I'm like, what do you mean you're not ready to die for me yet? <laughs> Like, what do, you, what do you mean I'm not the love of your life? It's been 45 minutes. Like, this girl's someone famous now. She's She was the girl from the OC, right? Is that who that is? Let's find out. That is Misha Barton. Wow. Good catch. That's crazy. Whatever happened to her? She's probably in some big TV show that I've never heard of. Sorry, I never watched the OC. I got my wisdom teeth taken out and watched it all on DVD on oxycodone or whatever the hell they gave me Just when I was like your 14. Mind watching the OC. Yeah. So I have no honest opinion on it, but I can tell you if you're 14 and you're on painkillers for the first time, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I was always more of a Degrassi kid. Uh, yeah, I never, never saw Degrassi. I still watch Degrassi. Britain's premiere. It's like a Canadian high school kid show, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just well, great. It's like every every couple of years, there's a new iteration of the same idea that like Degrassi kind of fathered in the like teen drama dramedy type thing. Like Euphoria is the current evolution of Degrassi. Um, way more drugs and sex. Oh yeah. Well, it's like they're they're. they're Right now, working on another reboot of Degrassi that they said tonally will be closer to Euphoria because, mm-hmm. like, they want to reflect the things that teenagers are going through now. And it's like teenagers are fucking weird now. It's like, uh, okay, uh, 
What are they doing? The reboot of that Will Smith thing. Once imported raised in Beverly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The like dark uh, version of Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince. There we go. Yeah. yeah. The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. The like, yeah. The dark, gritty version. Is it directed by Christopher Nolan? <laughs> Worse. I think it was done by Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> he shows up in. He shows up in Beverly's. It could be even worse, and could have the dude that did the new Batman do it. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I. It's not good. I love Robert Pattinson. He's he's a, so, so do I. He's 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 the best kept secret in acting. I was like, so stoked for that movie, particularly because like The Lighthouse is one of like my top ten of all time. Yeah, fucking amazing in that movie, and I was so stoked for it. And now that movie lives in my head rent free because it was so fucking bad. Oh, that sucks. I was so excited for it because he, like, after he did Twilight, you know, that's why he gets a bad rep. Then he did, like, freaking Good Times, which was crazy yeah. weird. He did Cosmopolis, which is crazy weird. Like, he did such good films. He did, he did the same thing that Daniel Radcliffe did, where it's like he did this big, you know, Book yeah. movie franchise that made him all the money in the world. He never has to take a movie for the paycheck ever again. So he just did the weirdest shit, the shit that he yeah. wanted to do artistically. But uh, yeah, I mean, like in that, I heard him say, uh, you know, like there's two ways you can read Batman's like thing that he doesn't kill people. One is that he doesn't want to kill people, and one is that he really wants to kill people, so he needs that rule in place. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, this sounds like a freaking really cool interpretation of Batman. I mean, that, that's actually exactly what it is. He he won't kill because he knows once he does, it'd be too easy for him to keep continuing to kill them. Mm-hmm. And it's not good. No. No, it's 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 like an hour and a half too long but all of the really all of the really cool shit happens in the first 45 minutes of the movie so by the time you get to the last 45 minutes of the movie you've completely forgotten all the cool shit that happened at the beginning of the movie wow and there's also there's like an hour of that movie where they just straight up forget the riddler exists <laughs> Like he goes off and starts investigating other shit, and then at the end of that other shit, he's like, "Oh yeah, the Riddler's here!" Oh, huh. welcome to our other new podcast, bitching about Batman. <laughs> the podcast where only one of us has seen the movie. <laughs> I honestly like. I've been thinking about how bad that movie is so much since I saw it. I could probably do an entire podcast where I just, <laughs> just a different guest every week, and I tell them what I hate about it that week. Be like, careful! I've seen people getting in trouble for that. <laughs> Back to Notting Hill. This seems weird as fuck to me. Why? What's weird about it? The fruitarian or the whatever the hell the chick says she is. Oh, that's way later in the film. You're skipping way ahead. Am I? She's, a, she's was, just a vegetarian. No, she's a vegetarian. It's it's when he's starting to date other people that the fruitarian. Oh, you're right. I'm looking at my notes. I did see her way ahead. Because there, there was like a good like 20 minute chunk of this movie where I just wasn't paying attention. Listen, man. If, I have to say, if if Julia Roberts agreed to come to some random dinner with me, I would definitely bring her to an ex-girlfriend's house. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Not my brother-in-law's or whatever. Not whatever this is. Not my friend's house. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even care. Here's what we're doing, Julia. We're going on a really awkward tour for you. That's going to be real satisfying. For me. Like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even care if my ex was like, like invited me to anything or was doing anything. I would no, just, no, go just up knock, and knock on the door. door. Hey, you mind making us dinner? <laughs> 
you mind making us dinner? My, my new lady's pretty hungry, and uh, you were the closest place. I thought you might like to meet my new girlfriend, Julia freaking Roberts, America's sweetheart. Remember when you said I'd never do better than you? I think how sexiest woman in America, 1997 through 1999 sound. Quick, Julia, show her your Oscar. <laughs> Yeah. Hey Sarah, how many Oscars do you have? <laughs> oh, that that's that's so funny. I I don't. Do you do you have an Oscar? I mean, she she's got a couple. Like, so it's so weird. I could have sworn you had an Oscar, and you kept it right here on the mantle. It's so weird that that's not there. Uh, that's so me, by the way, to be that guy. That's like just talk to someone famous for like half an hour and then someone afterwards is like, you know, that's like so-and-so. <laughs> I've, I've done that too. <laughs> My dad did that with Jay-Z. <laughs> Your dad didn't know he was My talking dad, Jay-Z. My dad was at dinner and was like, hey, do we know who this guy is? And he sent me a picture of Jay-Z and I was like, yeah, that's Jay-Z. And he's like, oh, how was I supposed to know? He just introduced himself as J. <laughs> like, that's literally just one letter away from the whole thing. <laughs> well, I thought maybe this is Jay-Z, but he doesn't have a Z on his name. So I let it go. <laughs> it's like, have you seen that meme that was going around for a while that it's like, dude's talking about how his aunt and uncle talked about how like they they met a famous person at a bar and bought him drinks and became friends with him and like took him home and made him dinner and it's what a it, picture of his aunt and uncle with matthew mcconaughey <laughs> <laughs> going back to mcconaughey see he just shows up places and ends up like getting home cooked meals <laughs> life works out when you're mcconaughey it does i just showed up to that bar as a prize i was i was trying to drink some wild turkey <laughs> and these real nice people said, hey, we're making pot roast. And I said, oh, fuck, I love pot roast. <laughs> I went back to their house and I've lived here ever since. <laughs> this is a real story from that book. It's, <clears throat> I shaved my head. The director got angry. I went to a party. Magazines said it looked sexy and everything was cool. Green lights. <laughs> He takes a whole chapter to explain that, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's a chapter of it. It's like it's supposed to learn a lesson from that. Like, what's the lesson there, Makade? Shave my head if I'm still going to be super sexy with a shaved head, and magazines will say that. <laughs> the, the, the lesson the lesson to take away is that your life would be better if you were Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the lesson in summation it's just real fucking sad that you weren't born me (laughs) the only way to succeed in life is to just be me my favorite thing and he's like he's in a rare stratosphere that like him and i think keanu probably occupies as well we're just like whatever they do people like assume the best about it you know what i mean like if he does it's like oh isn't that funny slash ingenious slash quirky slash you know like like if anyone else like pontificated in a like lincoln that way you'd just be like burn this car company to the ground immediately like who let this person behind the wheel of a car like they're clearly drunk and should not be driving (laughs) 
It's like it's that's that's my main my main issue with him is because of Dallas Buyers Club and True Detective. True people Detective are so people are like he's such an amazing actor, and I'm like, no, he's not. Like like my issue with True Detective is that I don't believe that his character understands what he's saying. Hmm, that's an interesting. Like when I when I watch him in that show, it seems to me that he's reading the words and delivering the lines but doesn't understand what he's saying like he's just there uh i feel like he's i feel like i was a character that was searching for meaning you know basically means i've been hungry maybe he didn't fully he like read the words but he didn't fully internalize them yet it's been a long time since i've watched it He's got that scene where he's like in the car with Woody Harrelson and he's like, all life should just be wiped out. We're just a big cosmic mistake. And I'm like, that that whole monologue. put that in a Lincoln commercial. Can you see that in a navigator? All life should just be wiped out. (laughs) All life is just a great cosmic mistake. Except for the the new Lincoln MKZ. When all life gets wiped out, you want to be driving a Lincoln. <laughs> Four wheel drive goes right over zombies' heads. So it's like, it's like I've I've seen failure to launch too many times <laughs> for me to be like, yeah, fucking McConaughey is great. <laughs> no, he's not. If you read his book, you'll know he went away and reinvented himself. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> reinvented himself. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, if you're listening to this episode and you're offended, uh, come on the show and argue with me. It's fine. <laughs> come defend yourself. You Matthew McConaughey, if you're listening to this show, I like you. <laughs> you bought your book. Please tell me like you didn't buy that book. Was a little out of touch. Did someone like gift it to you, or did you like actually buy it? It was an airport purchase. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think anyone seeks out that book. <laughs> it was like, it was on the bestseller list. I, uh, I, um, you know, read it in a vacation and I was like, it was actually pretty entertaining. And then it's not till afterwards that you think back on like, cause it's like kind of, you know, like he tells some good stories in it and it's kind of couched as like, you can internalize this and bring it into your life. And then you get to the end and I'm like, wait, no, I can't. <laughs> what, none of these are lessons that are applicable. Like, <laughs> I also really enjoy the fact that we've spent the last like 15 minutes of this movie talking about someone who's not in it. <laughs> just talking shit about McConaughey and he has nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> Good point. Oh, we can talk about the fact that Hugh Grant was floppy. Like, huh? Wait. Yep, there we go. That's the, that's his nickname that he fought real hard not for people not to tell. <laughs> floppy is not the worst. Floppy. Uh, because his, nickname flop. floppy? his nickname is Floppy. His nickname is Floppy. I love it. This film does this a couple of times. It suddenly just veers into like super serious. Like she just like, yeah. it's like, oh, what's the deal with your nickname Floppy? Oh, and why is she in a wheelchair? Did she know they couldn't have babies? <laughs> like, wait, what? weren't we just talking like weren't we just being cutesy a second ago take such a hard turn what's what's the deal with your nickname how why can't she walk (laughs) why her legs no work tell me this sad story (laughs) instead of telling me why they call you floppy (laughs) 
Why do they call him floppy? It's to do with the hair. It's not what According I was to him. According to him, it's to do with the hair. He might be lying. I'm betting there's like a story involving a prep school in there somewhere. When I attended St. Swithin's All Boys School, I was the last one to get hard in the circle, Jerry. <laughs> Never Is since that a good then, thing, though, you? Old Rogers called me floppy. Um, <laughs> The last to get hard in the circle jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Grant, pretend to climb this, then pretend to fall. <laughs> and the, the genius ad lib he came up with was, oh, whoopsie daisies. There is no one who said whoopsie daisies for what, 50 years? And even then it was. Um... It was just little girls with blonde ringlets. Exactly. Say, I approve of this hairstyle. I think it's cute. So here we go again. Julia Hers Roberts. Julia Roberts is oh, just a treasure. <laughs> I don't know. If Look at that smile and laugh. <laughs> it's wonderful. I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> Definitely iconic. She's been in a is, lot. Is this the first person to pick a Julia Roberts movie in <laughs> yeah. the comedian batch? Yeah, actually, yeah. All right. All right. The closest I've even gotten to this genre on this show has been Superstar. So, Ooh, who did Superstar? Heather Winter did Superstar. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that was that was that was well fun's not the word I'd use, but <laughs> it was a movie. It was a movie. It was shot on film and released in theaters, so technically it was a movie. Superstar is my aunt's favorite movie of all time. And she went up, she's met Will Farrell once and told him that, and he thought she was being sarcastic and kind of angry. <laughs> Wait, is your aunt Heather Winter? <laughs> no. <laughs> My aunt is Heather Winter in disguise. Every rom-com has to have that one, at least one scene with a licensed song where they, like, they montage doing cutesy shit. This, this movie has a secretly good soundtrack. They got like Al Green on it. They got, wow. I think Bill Withers might be in there somewhere. They they need the mont the montage of them falling in love. Allison Cross covered this song. I thought you were gonna say Alice Cooper. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, right right after they kiss next, it's school. He just turns into a huge That, that would be Hugh Grant's uh James Bond theme song. <laughs> Alice Cooper's no more Mr. Nice Guy. They say you're sick. <laughs> in a world where people are complaining about the prospect of Idris Elba playing Bond, why are there people championing champ, championing for Hugh Grant to do it? <laughs> uh, there's no way that he can still be Bond. Like, he's got to be 50, 60 by now, right? Let's find out. Like, Bond Sr., like they do like sometimes they do young like young Indiana Jones and yeah. stuff. Just do old old bond. Well, I mean they do have fucking seventy year old Harrison Ford coming back as Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, I guess they did do young. You you were you were Jones pretty right on. He's, he's sixty one. All right. All right. 
Oh, he has very Look at that, oddly... Hugh Grant partial nudity. He has very oddly named children, apparently. What are their names? John Mungo Grant. <laughs> Mungo? That Mungo. sounds like a slur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no. His other kid has this, like the definite slurry name. Felix Chang Hong Grant. I'm assuming his wife's it. Can you imagine if his wife wasn't Asian? He's just like, I like the sound of Chang Hong. <laughs> his wife's name is Anna Elizabeth Eberstein. Definitely not Asian. Is it adopted kid then, maybe? Let's find out. Let's find out. Okay, no, yeah, she has a different mother. Her mother is Tinglin mm. Hong. There we go. But she's a. But then at that point, she's also a woman named Felix. She left me. Oh, is a daughter named Felix? Yeah, which just feels really unfortunate for her. It does. It's not good. It does. I like John Mungo. <laughs> you can't say Mungo on air. <laughs> Wasn't that, wasn't that a character in fucking Blazing Saddles? <laughs> Was it? Oh, that's, that's Mongo. Yeah. yeah. Close. Which is, knowing Blazing Saddles is probably also a racial slur. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, what's that Meg Ryan movie that they just referenced? Uh, the, the, the one, Billy Crystal. Oh, when uh, Harry met Sally. Yeah, yeah. That's another great one. You should. I do. Someone, I like that movie. You should make someone movie. watch that one on this. That's. Uh, he's got like one of the great monologues at the end of that movie. There's so many good lines from that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever? There's a book called uh, How to Write Screenplays for Fun and Profit, and then Fun and is crossed out. So it's just How yeah. to Write Screenplays for Profit. It's written by. Thomas Lennon and uh, the, uh, I forgot the other guy's name, but the guys who wrote Reno 911. Robert Ben Garrant. Yeah, there you go. So, you, have you read the book? I, I, I mean, I, I haven't read it, but I know it. Yeah, so they read like, I mean, they wrote like Herbie Fully Loaded. They wrote The Nights at the Museum. They wrote all these films. And uh, there's a whole chapter that just says, Met comedy legend Billy Crystal once. What a dick. And that's the <laughs> entire chapter. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Have you read uh, uh, Seth Rogen's book? No, is it good? Is it about how being super attractive will get you anything? That's exactly what it is. Yeah, he's, he's got a chapter in there where he talks about how uh, Evan Goldberg and, and him were going in to pitch Spielberg. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, George Lucas was in the same office that Spielberg was at. So, like, George Lucas popped into their meeting. And uh, while they were waiting for Spielberg, they were talking to Lucas. And it was like right before the 2012 end of the Mayan calendar thing was about to happen. Uh, and they were just oh. trying to make small talk with Lucas. So they were like, oh, 2012, end of the world, right? And he's like, yes. <laughs> like Lucas like adamantly believed it and he was like oh well you know you're, you're up in up in the Bay Area you should be okay from like all the disasters up there and he's like I will be yeah and he's like Seth Rogen like makes a joke like I bet you have like some crazy spaceship to get you off planet if you need it and Lucas just went I do <laughs> and he was like oh can we get a spot on it and Lucas went 
No. <laughs> I, I bet you he like legit. I bet you there's like billionaires that legit have spaceships that they paid Musk to just have like waiting oh, totally. somewhere secret. Totally. There, there 100% uh, has to be like a secret billionaire arc to get off the planet when the planet decides it's fucked. How much money do you think your own spaceship costs? More than I have. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely uh I mean unless guy. unless a private spaceship only costs like forty bucks, then I'm golden. To be able to do that Welcome to our <laughs> other other new podcast talking about spaceships. Because my boyfriend who's in America is in fact down. This is uh Alec Baldwin also playing Alec Baldwin, by the way. Little, little did the world know this was Alec Baldwin being himself. Wait, so she she goes to London and starts fucking this English dude when she's got an Alec Baldwin boyfriend back in America? Yeah. But he's a dick. He's a dick. I mean, it's Alec Baldwin, so I assume... That's what I'm saying. It's Alec Baldwin playing Alec Baldwin, Julia Roberts playing her lovely self. Could you bring me up some really, really cold water? I'll see what I can do. Still, not sparkling. Absolutely. And I some blanks. Bring some blanks. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, fuck. To satisfy my whim now. <laughs> now I'm sure it's fine. Thank you. Uh, hey, one more thing. Too soon. <laughs> I'm expecting there to be a, you know, in one week it will be okay when this podcast comes out. <laughs> oh, well, if you're thinking one week, then we got time because this, this doesn't premiere until April. So. Oh, perfect. It'll be... <laughs> I don't, I don't know if we'll be making rust jokes quite then, but <laughs> we're going to find out. Thank you. really appreciate it. Uh-huh. I like how, like, there was a period of Alec Baldwin. But tell me. Tell me, tell me. Like, Beetlejuice and this movie and, uh, like, Glenn, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yeah. Where he looked like Alec Baldwin. Yeah. And then after a certain point, he just like morphs and doesn't look like Alec Baldwin anymore. Like current Alec Baldwin and '90s Alec Baldwin do not look like the same person. Yeah, they they inhabit different spaces. <laughs> they just like it's like he got a reboot or you know like he has yeah. an operating system updated. So it's like we, we we replaced Alec Baldwin like 15 years ago. <laughs> Well, like, I don't know. I think there's something in the Baldwin genes, right? Because this this is just uh, Adam and Alex shit on actors. Because, yeah. uh, like, Stephen Baldwin, like, post 9 11, like, became a religious nut job, I think. Yeah. And, like, so maybe there's just something in the genes. It's like you get to a certain point, it's <laughs> just change irreparably. I like that, though. Hugh Grant's, like, yeah, I don't know what to say. I think goodbye is customary. Would have been such a badass line if he had not been holding another dude's dirty dishes yeah. and trash. That would have been a very Bond-esque line. I think goodbye is customary. Me. Yeah, I think that entire scene was not was not filmed. Like that was not scripted. That was just a hidden camera of Alec Baldwin in a hotel room being a dick to the help. <laughs> it was like apocalypse now with the opening scene. I'm laughing at uh, how long his 
sad walk is taking. <laughs> oh yeah, this is 1999. You can really sit in that sad walk. We don't. We didn't have the quick cuts of Doug Lyman and Born Identity yet. This was. Well, you could really dwell in the emotion. You know, this is wanna, like English patient days. I want to recut this. So instead of the licensed song they're using here, it's just the sad Charlie Brown music. <laughs> There's that director's space movie that never got made. I never realized Julia Roberts was in The Fifth Element. <laughs> I didn't realize The Fifth Element in Space Odyssey had a baby. You know that's how he pitched that too. He's like, it's it's the fifth element meets two thousand one. Wait until it comes out on video, dude. Who's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I need need to go be depressed. Can you imagine if you broke like just got your heart stomped on by like someone whose face was everywhere? He paid to be in this theater. Yeah. He paid to go be sad. Just like at least sit away from like it's like a super happy scene. He's just bawling. Like, can you imagine sitting next to that guy? Though that that is why every time I get my heart broken, I get a lot more motivated work wise. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, well fuck you. I want to make myself inescapable. Hit me with and then I never do. And I get like, <laughs> two weeks. In I'm gonna week. use this for material. I've tried. I, I have a couple bits about exes, but I've, I've been trying to work out material about like my most recent ex. Can't be mine. I just like I, every time I do it, it just comes out too angry. <laughs> yeah, you gotta wait for the emotion to get out of it. Before yeah, it. I mean it's been like a year, but it's. I mean, there's still... nothing like there's like legitly nothing more off-putting than just a dude going up there with. You know, it's like like half the starting comedians, I feel like, are dudes oh, yeah. that are angry about a breakup and they get yeah. up and they just make blanket, like, not funny, angry yeah. statements Ooh. about women. And it's just like, ugh. Like, you know, this is the kind of people are like, why aren't you laughing? You know, you can't take it. We're yeah. politically correct now. It's like, no, because it's just anger. There's nothing no, like, funny there. You're just an asshole. You're not funny. Yeah. Like, that's so many of the fucking open micers, the the like straight up misogynistic and racist dudes that are just like, I'm just telling it like it is. Like, no, you're just a dick. Uh, there's this one comic whose name I wish I knew because if I did, I would totally call him out publicly. He's just this like low rent Anthony Jeselnik wannabe who gets up on stage and just does these unbelievably uncomfortable like you know short form jokes like jeselnik and they're we've, all... we've talked about this guy before yeah have you met him yet? i think we've been on a show with him before that's why oh, yeah. we talked about it i know i know who you're talking about i can't remember his name but i know who you're talking about yeah we'll get back to you on that and we'll put his name in the you can find his name in the description below <laughs> i'm just gonna call this episode fuck whatever that guy's name is Yeah, uh, here I think this is where the fruitarians come in. Yeah. Difficult, this this film called some things that were coming. You know, like he's a hipster before hipsters. Yeah. Can you imagine going from Julia Roberts to that? <laughs> no offense to this lady. I'm sure she's a beautiful person on the I'd probably, inside. Yeah, I'd, pro I'd probably pack it in. <laughs> Just be like. Excuse me, have you seen this magazine cover? This is what I'm into now. Yeah. 
My friends don't understand me. They don't yeah. set me up with celebrities. Is there any? Is there anything worse than like going through a heartbreak and having your friends be like, "Well, we're gonna cheer you up and set you up with someone else." An awkward home cooked meals with woodcock as the dish. What is a woodcock? <laughs> I just went out my backyard and shot this thing. <laughs> We shot it because its name was Double Phallic. <laughs> Someone's having a laugh with us. Woodcock. <laughs> Have you met this other bird, the Dick Erection? <laughs> We're having that for dessert. We're having titmaps for dessert. That's a real thing. <laughs> How many of these fucking forced blind date home cooked dinners does he have to suffer through before his friends fuck off? And he just the poor girls, right? Because mostly he just sits there depressed, and then they hate he like hates her right away. Yeah, it's like he enjoyed the three hours. Look, he finally went on a good one. I mean, like how 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 do those women have to feel when they go on a blind date with a guy and find out he's heartbroken because his movie star girlfriend left him. <laughs> like, how inadequate are they going to end up feeling like, well, shit, why the fuck am I even here? Dude, I have an actor friend who's like, uh, you know, CAA or whoever his agency was gave him yeah. these really good Dodgers tickets and he brought his girlfriend at the time like you know front row and he turns to her and he's like hey have you read tickets is good before and she goes yeah i used to date matt kemp <laughs> and then just the entire game had to sit there and watch her ex-boyfriend play baseball i'd be going home <laughs> i'd be going home or like trying to find merch for whatever team they were playing just so i could root for the opposite team <laughs> just find a fuck matt kemp shirt and wear it Jesus. uh Dude, that's just that's rough. Yeah. The American. Like this this scene, he just it's like another awkwardly deep scene. He just casually admits that he was in love with his friend's wife. <laughs> oh, wait, what? Like, yeah, he's like, uh, I love two girls besides the American. One casually runs off with Harrison Ford, and the other runs away and marries my best friend. And he's talking about that guy. It's weird. It's a weird way to bring up. Do you, do you think maybe that's on some level what he's trying to get at? Like, you keep setting me up with all these people I'm not interested in, but I actually really want to fuck your wife. <laughs> it's either Julia Roberts or your wife. That's it. <laughs> like, do, you, do you know what would really make me feel better about losing Julia Roberts? If I could just fuck your wife a little bit. <laughs> I wonder if... Yeah, never mind. Did he spend the night on their couch? I think so. Or did he just so. come back to drink their tea? <laughs> yeah, he just he comes every morning to drink their tea and eat their toast. <laughs> cool looking neighborhood. Reminds me of the neighborhood from Full House. I don't remember the neighborhood. Where are they supposed to be in Full House? San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco, that's right. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking of uh, Saved by the Bell. I don't know why that was popped in my head. I was like, I have no idea where Saved by the Bell was supposed to be. Did I? I thought this the last time I watched this movie. Did I miss 
the part oh shit where she did porn no it's it's about to happen then they're just like huge plot point julie roberts did porn i also like look, look at look at this newsstand and tell me what's wrong with it uh, that there's two of the same magazine. I don't. That, I don't understand the pun of Scott of Antarctica. <laughs> that that's my problem with it. I don't I'm, get like, that I'm like I'm like I is there's a Scott of Antarctica, but I don't I don't know what that even means. Scott of Antarctica, and then there's whole lot of Scott. With, or <laughs> what what a lot of Scott? That's so. <laughs> okay, you Anna, Anna Stunna. You get. These like one, two, three, look, four. Look at the Daily Telegraph. It's not fucking with that though. Gloom over <laughs> the Middle East. Talks. That's there my issue. Go. You, got, you got you got <laughs> six different papers talking about Julia Roberts naked, and then buried in them is gloom over Middle East talks. <laughs> like the actual news is buried under like, all of these. See, once puns. again, this movie predicts the future. Predicted <laughs> histories, and now we can add news cycles to this. It's like. You have to dig real deep to get something that's actually news. It's also like there, there are stacks of the papers about Julia Roberts naked, and there's only one copy of the Daily Telegraph. <laughs> it's because no one's going to want, who's going to want to hear about the Middle East when you can literally see Anna's shock porn flick? Is that what it's said? Yeah, Anna's shock porn flick. Wow. Look at that picture, too. Where, where'd that come from? I don't even think that's Julia Roberts. I think that's just some random woman. Like, says, that's that. Look at that hair. It says Hollywood's hottest in steamy videos. She needed the money, friend says. Casting couch tricks threaten the Scott Golden touch. <laughs> all right. I love when I can read the, the papers. It's all just nonsense. <laughs> all right, moving on. <laughs> I don't know why. Bunch of German newspapers in the left, too, by the way. Well, it's England. They're diverse. Ever since the war, they started reporting the German news, too. I don't think that's true. You gotta handle that propaganda. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Now you you want him. Yeah, you know what happened, right? She sensed that he went on a good date finally after six months, and she's (laughs) like, oh. Time to come back into the picture. That, that's a real thing. The girls have that sixth sense. Oh, yeah. It's a real thing. Absolutely. And, uh, see, once again, took all my cues from the wrong. You let this in my head. You let them back in, and this is only strike two of four. Yeah, of four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, every time I meet someone, one of my exes inevitably is like, "I really, I've been thinking about you a lot lately," and I'm like, "Stop it! <laughs> Don't do that." <laughs> I'm a, I'm a weak man. I will do it again. Photo shoot now looks like a porn film. Yeah, we know. We read the newspapers, Anna. I never, I've never, 21 years in the entertainment industry, I've never had the opportunity to pose naked for money. <laughs> Look like Julia Roberts, then I guarantee you, you'll have that opportunity. Like, like, should I be offended by that? Like, a little bit, to be honest. <laughs> no one's offered me money to pose naked. I would uh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I'd probably do it for free. <laughs> here's 
Here's what I don't understand, and that's uh, why all women aren't selling their used clothes. Like, you would never have to, if I were a woman, I would never do laundry. I just feel like, yeah, it's like $100 for a pair of panties. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, just always wearing new, like, new socks are the best. Just always wearing new yeah. socks. And with the money you're making selling the old ones, you can afford new ones every day. Yeah, you can afford new ones, plus an amazing, plus a fancy apartment, probably. I bet guys could do that too. It the the pay disparity is huge. In <laughs> like you want to talk about equality. You want to talk about pay disparity? It's like a six hundred percent increase for women. <laughs> I'm making it puts significantly less for my it, own it, underwear. Seventy two percent to shame. I would I like if if I if I ever did that I would just fuck them up as much as possible like i would take a brand new pair and like cut holes in them i think that's what people want so you'd be a you'd be a good person i would take like a snickers and just like really aggressively rub it on the inside <laughs> i mean just do the real thing <laughs> or i could do that yeah it costs extra Hi. i'm confused his roommate is that she's what's 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 the mindset here your roommate is dating a celebrity you're taking her nude pictures into the bathroom to jerk off to and you walk into the bathroom and she's naked in your bathtub what goes through your mind there I think at that point, you're just pretty sure you're dreaming and you go for it, right? <laughs> or you're like, yeah. one, sec, one sec, I can't fly. Wait, this isn't a dream. Like there, There'd be that moment where like, there's no way this is actually happening. I would have to like poke her face at least just to be like, are you a fucking real person? <laughs> right Should I the, not the, have been smoking? That a was in smorkel? the original script. And they're like, no, just have them go in twice. The poking her in the bathtub. <laughs> The twice thing's already creepy enough. I don't know if we can have the poking part. And then there has to be that moment of like, well, I, I was, I was like, kind of about to jerk it, but like, here you are. I mean, you don't have to do anything, but like, are you cool if I continue here? I, I believe Louis C.K. has already proven that that's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm gonna th I'm gonna throw my hat in with the other other camp. <laughs> Just be safe and throw my hat in with the. There's gotta be part of the part of his brain that thought that for like a half a second. Oh, I, I I think it was pretty explicit. He came back in and was like, "Just making sure." Yeah. There 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 would there be some part of me that's like, well, "Fuck, make a move here. When are you gonna get a chance to do this again?" Dude, they're eating toast again. How often can you eat toast? Cook a meal. <laughs> All you eat is woodcock and toast. A man cannot live on woodcock and toast alone. That's all he fucking eats Look, in this They're having least. fucking tea and toast again on the roof. He'd be way fatter for as much bread as he eats throughout the day. He just eats one one slice at a time. He eats like three slices of jellied toast a day. That's probably a diet of some sort. It's the, the Hugh Grant diet. The Hugh Grant diet. And Wainwright. Cartwright. 
for a little spice in my life, I mix up the taste of the jellies. <laughs> Sometimes, if I'm feeling cheeky, I'll do a little bit of peanut butter. It's like there's that diet where, like, for the first two weeks, you eat nothing but potatoes. Have you heard yeah. about that? Yeah, that, uh, Pendulette. Like pen- yeah, that's how I heard about it, too. Yeah. Pendulette is awesome, by the way. Kevin Smith, uh, after his heart attack, did it, too. Oh, like I heard that yeah. on a podcast. I, uh, my old roommate and I, we tried it after, like, Kevin Smith had his success with it. We were like, well, fuck, like, it couldn't hurt. Uh, we made it one meal. <laughs> like, I, I, I fucking, like, baked a bunch of potatoes and was like, okay, we have to just eat them as they are. We can't do anything to them, so we have to just eat these straight-up potatoes. You, like, can't put salt or pepper or anything on them? Yeah, you can... Oh. I think you can season them, but like you can't put butter or anything on them or sour cream. You have to wow. basically just eat a straight, regular baked potato or a boiled potato. Uh, like we couldn't even fry them because the oil would have added too much to them. It's like I, I made us these big plates of like three or four baked potatoes, and like that was going to be the meal for the day. We we're just going to eat all those potatoes, and we ate all those potatoes, and like getting through the last couple was a fucking struggle. Ugh, yeah, that sounds terrible. Like we Are they finished... having a nighttime toast and tea right now? <laughs> we, we finished those potatoes, and then like four hours later, we're ordering in and out <laughs> We're like, this is stupid. Fuck this diet. Yeah. I know what they say about yeah. that. Yeah, that sounds rough, just was, eating potatoes. Was... I like flavor too much. I don't know. What's it's, like eating, it's like eating insulation after a while. It's just dry and rough. Ugh. I think that's part of the point, though. At least that's what like Pendulette was saying was that it like uh, resets your taste buds, so like other things yeah. start tasting good that you, you know. Or we just do the Hugh Grant diet and eat. Three oh, now he's eating ice toast. cream. He's got ice cream for dessert now. <laughs> you think it's ice cream? You look inside; it's bread pudding. <laughs> <laughs> it's bread ice, bread flavored ice cream. <laughs> As you see, in London, Hagendals makes a toast flavored ice cream. Yeah, it's not quite bread flavor. It's just ice cream flavored with yeast and barley. <laughs> oh. yeah. And what do you put on your passport? Profession: Mel Gibson's bottom. Actually, Mel does his own ass work. Right. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. Mel does his own ass work. <laughs> It's beautiful anti They have to they have to uh, crop out the Nazi swastika on his butt. But other than that, it's it's real sexy. There's so many ways to read that line. Like Mel does his own ass work. <laughs> <laughs> Go to his OnlyFans page and. <laughs> Can you imagine if Mel Gibson, I, that'd be the only OnlyFans page I'd pay, and I just I'd be like, no, stop getting naked. I want to just ask you questions. <laughs> What did the Jews ever Explain do to you? Explain to me what? how Jews run the state again. <laughs> why are you so angry? <laughs> yeah, don't you make millions of dollars? Why are you so angry? I understand being angry now that you're not making millions of dollars, but why were you so angry before? Uh, did you invite Whoopi Goldberg over after yeah. she said those things? Are you going to be on the View on the, anytime soon? I would. I I want to be in that alternate reality where Mel Gibson is a host on the View. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> nice. 
uh, in that Germany. Needs a, that, that needs that's like, uh, what's that, Man in the High Castle, you know, where Germany yeah. won the war. <laughs> that's like Mel Gibson's the on the view. That's what would happen in that alternate reality. <laughs> Like, uh, like that, that needs to be a sketch or something <laughs> it should be just to so. see mel gibson like sitting there with joy behar hating his life <laughs> the weird thing about that whole mel gibson thing is that even as a half jewish person i still like mel gibson because him screaming at a cop for pulling him over kind of outweighs the anti-semitism for me <laughs> See, I, I, I really I really struggle with Mel Gibson because like, yeah, he's a he's a giant asshole and he's an anti-Semite, but like, did you see Fat Man? Fat Man? I fucking love that movie. How have I never heard of Fat Man? It's uh it's like one of my go-to Christmas movies now. Mel Gibson plays Santa. <laughs> Is it new? Like uh like two years. Yeah, it's okay, yeah. New. So it's like a post post anti-semitic rant money yeah. grab where he plays santa uh that sounds he's, amazing he's is it really... is it just rigs from lethal weapon plays santa kind of yeah wonderful. he's he's really fucking good in it he plays this like disgruntled grizzled angry santa <laughs> who's like just severely over it and the fact that like there aren't as many good kids in the world means that the government subsidies that he gets for his workshop are getting smaller. So he has to take a defense contract with the military to keep his workshop open. The, the whole, like the whole block. It sounds like it was written by one of his friends in the bunker. Oh man, for sure. Oh, then like the, the whole plot is like, he gives a kid coal and the kid is like this spoiled ass little rich boy who then hires a hitman to go find and kill Santa. So it's like action Santa. Yeah. Yeah. Batman. Okay. He gets in a huge gunfight at the end. And like, it's, it's fucking, that movie's dope as shit. Can, can we, can I come back on and we can do fat man? <laughs> Absolutely. Shit. We can switch to that movie right now. I don't <laughs> No, We have to learn about love. We have to learn about love before we go watch anti-Semitic Santa. <laughs> Oh, that, that yeah. movie's fucking great. Uh, <laughs> you don't. Yeah, like, it, was, it was the perfect. It was the perfect role for Mel Gibson. So, a role where I don't have to interact with you. Like where it's yeah. my character's job <laughs> to not interact <laughs> with not people of other religions. Okay. <laughs> it's like it, it's so hard because he's such a piece of shit. But it's it's just such a cool movie. Oh shit! Yeah. Julia Roberts getting naked. They're gonna show the cleft of her buttocks, but neither cheek. And his roommate is just jerking off in the stairs. <laughs> don't mind. I wish I could do this spike accent. Uh, don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, pretend I'm not here. <laughs> I don't know why I made him sound like one of the characters from Brave but... <laughs> or Shrek. <laughs> Donkey. Kiss her neck already. <laughs> Touch your boobs. Put a finger in it. <laughs> uh, that would actually be like a fun activity. Would just like with CGI that you had these days, just to like put weird shit in scenes. You know, like just yeah. add add Spike on the stairs into that scene. I thought you were going to say, because I, I had just yelled, put a finger in it. You followed that with, that would be a fun activity. 
You know what I'm realizing, though? Mm-hmm. This movie has damn near the same exact same plot as Marry Me with Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. <laughs> and probably most rom-com. The exact same thing was like, Owen Wilson meets a pop star, and the pop star wants to marry a regularized dude, so they get married, and they're just trying to make it work, despite the fact that she's so famous. <laughs> Your mother yeah, soliloquy on boobs. A thousand of them. So fuss about. But she's, she's talking about titties, huh? But counterpoint, everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. Beats me. <laughs> Rita Hayworth used to say. But you get so many accidental boners. Go to bed with guilt. Doing, doing these. It's a things. challenge. It's uh can't confirm. It's a real it's a real challenge. I always like I always felt weird about like the idea of someone you were dating or something being in one of these scenes until I've shot these scenes and yeah. you realize how just straight up awkward they are. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, like there is nothing sexy about like being At in all. a room with someone shooting cut, like, can you move this way for a yeah. camera? Like like you think you think it's a thing, and then you realize that there's even with like the just essential crew, there's still a half dozen people, yeah, standing there staring at you, and then they give you notes on like be naked better, Ugh, magic magic toast. She left for two seconds and came back with made tea and cooked toast. That was like just enough time for him to contemplate her boob soliloquy, and she was already back with a fully cooked brunch. <laughs> she didn't even go to the kitchen he just keeps a toaster and a teapot in the <laughs> just, they just had backup toast and tea outside the door <laughs> well yes i'm ready for tea in any room of the flat that's like we were talking about like candy and uh potato chips in bed like they just have like a full-on tray of tea jam and toast Oh, is this where things are going to start to get hard for him? Because now he's going to be getting attention for fucking a famous person. What is it? He's going to start to doubt his love for her because my life was simple and now it's all topsy-turvy. I didn't watch the end of this movie. (laughs) Well, and you wanted to quit it? Wait until you... She fucks him over at least two more times. This is actually (laughs) like, this this is new territory for me because I turned it off before before this. That's just a great shot of his roommate's bulge. See that you know that was like a discussion too. How much of the bulge should we have? <laughs> Talking tube sock or ankle sock? <laughs> what what should we stuff him with? Is it a is it a plantain or a eggplant? Just in the theme of going back back scene on movies that are completely unrelated to this one. Apparently for uh, the American pie boner scene, they took a sausage off the sausage cart and just put that in his pants. And uh, apparently it was still kind of hot. <laughs> Burnham, Jason uh. Banks. 
feel like there are, there are better ways to do that than stuff. I feel like, like you yell at the art department at some point when they are yeah. like, maybe we need to grab a. We forgot, or they were just counting on Jason Biggs to perform on command, which would have been even more awkward. Like, hey, Bigsy, you mind getting hard? That would have been incredibly awkward. I don't know what happened. I do. But I think it'd be less awkward than the person that had to shove a sausage in his pants. That's not true. Really? The entire British press got up this morning and thought, I know where Anna Scott is. She's in that house with the blue door in Notting Hill. And then you go out in your goddamn underwear. I went out in my goddamn underwear. <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> you know that guy is just going around like, do you have any idea how many times I Anna Scott has seen me naked? <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> against my will. Are you still dating Alec Baldwin? What the fuck are you doing there? Yeah. Jesus Christ, that was Ooh. terrifying. I just want to point out that for sure, this is borderline personality disorder. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> like, she's just like, I love you. I love you. Don't leave. Uh, she's just like baselessly accusing him of calling the press. I mean, to be fair, it was clearly his roommate. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty clearly his roommate. But. You know, like he's been nothing but nice, and she's. He offered tea again, by the way. Didn't you just have tea? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know what'll fix this. Do you need some more toast? I got like two more loaves of bread we haven't even opened yet. Oh, baby, 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 toast will fix this, please. <laughs> Here's the best part about this fight: is just that probably racist asian lady polynesian lady just chilling in the background smiling yeah, that, that thing terrible. that cut out feels super racist <laughs> like I, it just makes me feel good when i walk in the door to see this thing i stole from a travel agency another thing that doesn't exist like my bookshop anymore yeah it's, it's, it's like it's like a stand-up that came with one of the books <laughs> like it was like a promotional item from a book on Asia. It's this, it's literally what I picture when you like walk by an old timey travel agency. Like, yeah. come see the Orient. <laughs> come see the Orient. You really don't get it. Travel agencies are still a thing, though. Travel agencies? Yeah. I mean, they, I know there's like groups like Backroads and stuff that do like things but like there's like legit places where you walk into and are like figure out how to get me plane like i walked down here so that you could teach yeah. me how to use the internet to get plane tickets yeah well and it's like they also like you can book the flight the hotel and like all your excursions and shit through them but like, it's like all you're doing is you're paying someone to do the work for you is like haven't you ever heard of kayak.com it does yeah. all of that <laughs> This episode brought to you by Kayak.com and stupid people everywhere. <laughs> I wish it was brought to them by Kayak. Holy shit. Send them this clip. They're going to be yeah, they, 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 got real, they got real deep ad pockets. Uh, Kayak's the best, man. I highly recommend Kayak. Unsolicited endorsement. Why would she go out the front and not like try to sneak out the back? Why wouldn't she jump off the roof with a paraglider? That's what I'm wondering. Right? She's Batman, isn't she? <laughs> Catwoman, at the very least. <laughs> like, 
There's a window that leads into the alley behind the building, directly behind <laughs> Grant. Julia Roberts does not climb out windows, bro. <laughs> She's just like, no, I want to fight through this herd of reporters. Oh, his roommate fucked him. Definitely. That guy freeloading, he doesn't give you the message. God, now we're back to another sad Hugh Grant montage. (laughs) This is every rom-com. This is my problem with every rom-com. And forgetting Sarah Marshall is one of the few that did away with it well, or at least made it funny, is that because you need that second act things can't get any worse moment there's always no matter how funny you build up around it or on the end there's always just this weird moment where it's like 15 minutes of people crying yeah reading sarah marshall that's the whole damn movie reading sarah marshall is one of the best written films oh yeah absolutely it's so good i fucking love that movie i love that movie this is a cool shot though you know like this is a shot that these days they would do CGI and it would look worse. It went from sunny to raining to snowing in the span of like six feet. Yeah, they're showing the passage of time in a pretty, I think it's in a pretty interesting way. They have hidden cuts, you know, like. Uh, I was I was thinking because he's wearing the same outfit that it was just like really weird he's weather. He changed too. He like, had, he's, you know, he's gonna take his coat off now and then. But like they, I think this is probably going down the same block with a mo- motion tracking camera. Not that anyone cares. Oh, yeah. But yeah. but like you would do this with CGI these days or something, it wouldn't look as good. They're they're just hiding the cuts in the background in the uh, foreground. And there there always has to be another good song, by the way. It's not a legit good song. It just always always has to be in fucking rom coms. Like them First falling in love is to a license song, and then being depressed is to a license song. First realistic couple right here, these two. She looks like someone that would stab you in your sleep. She but looks like, like when you wake up a, in a bathtub you do it with a ice. spoon by accident. Yeah. <laughs> she looks like uh, the basis for most of Jim Henson's Muppets. She, she looks like the type of woman that lets her cats eat out of her mouth. <laughs> no, she lets birds eat out of her mouth. She, <laughs> she's not a cat person. She's gone full on parakeet at this point. <laughs> this... Uh, assistant guy right it's just he's like early on gay friend character they're still trying to figure that one out he has no real role in the film other than like an occasional like weird weird line or two see restaurant guy fish guy from the beginning he finally came back he gets one line at the beginning of the film and now he's an essential part of their hangouts what, what what is what is the point of the restaurant guy? Here? I don't know, like why did, like did they lose the location for their house or something so they had to switch it to the restaurant? Because like why did they suddenly switch from like having every dinner at this dude's house to being like let's go to this abandoned out of business restaurant that might be out of business because we never went to it when it was open. When they when they show the restaurant guy at the top of the movie, he's like inspecting fish. Emerging markets. Yeah, which would make me think he's like. Some kind of seafood dude. 
And they just got a big ass bowl of pasta in front of them. (laughs) It might have gone out of business because it's spaghetti with red sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's it's fucking Atlantic cod spaghetti. Pasta pomodoro with fish. I decided to get engaged. Uh, I found myself a nice, slightly old looking. Wasn't even like his own restaurant. He just owned an Olive Garden franchise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, wait a sec. I, I, I'm your brother. I don't know anything about this. She just proposed to a dude. Very progressive. I don't know. Is he, is he financially viable? That is. It's very forward thinking. He's an artist with brilliant prospects. You know who she reminds me of? The crazy eyed chick? Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. The the plant? No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, kind of. Not, not Audrey, too, but Audrey, mm-hmm. the, the woman. Suddenly, Seymour. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He purified me. She reminds me of a straw with googly eyes. <laughs> She's like a like a scarecrow come to life. <laughs> Welcome to our other 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 new podcast. <laughs> Fuck this woman with Adam and Alex. turned a corner and henceforward intend to be impressively happy. I can tell by that realistic smile on your face and your sad downward gaze. I'll get white. Like, really Hugh Grant coming to set every day is just like, just be tired and claim it's sadness, you <laughs> just know? Be tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 90% of this movie is just sad and tired. I mean, that's a pretty Once good again, I feel like that was me in high school. Yeah. <laughs> that's, just... that's me now, just sad and tired. <laughs> I believe I have. Don't give a damn about the famous girl. No. Of course I do. No. Once you fuck a famous person, that stays with you for a long time. (laughs) The good news is you only have to do it once to brag about it, you know? Yeah. You don't fall in love. That's the that was his problem. What why is his friend a dick? (laughs) <laughs> so I was wondering, is is that like really a good thing, or it's like, hey, you want to throw yourself back into this gauntlet? Yeah, he's he's like, forget about her. Here's a news but, clipping about her. I love this too, right? He's he's going to a movie set and just like, it's a full old timey village. Like they just have horses run, like you know, like you know, like constrained horses moving on a set would be. <laughs> The other theory, though, is that this is just how British people go to the park. (laughs) I think that's just how British people go to the park. (laughs) You want to go to the park today? I need my hat and my 1800s gear. Yeah. (laughs) Does she know you're coming? No. No, she doesn't. I'm afraid I can't let you through, sir. I'm afraid I'm going to have to tase you now, sir. Yeah. Like that dude would have immediately called security and had him removed. That guy is security, I think. He looks like just a PA. Yeah. It's an old PA. Does she do an accent in this? No, don't worry. Uh, I was I was waiting for. She the, like, should have. 
I wonder if she ever has. I bet she has. She has to have done it in a movie at some point. I was waiting for like her character to play a character doing an English accent and for there to be a scene where he like, where they reconcile and he's like, darling, you know your accent is atrocious. <laughs> and she's like, stop, you jerk. <laughs> That's, you just gave away the ending. <laughs> <laughs> I could believe that. <laughs> they become a flirty high school couple at the end who yeah. do insult flirts. <laughs> I was going to call, but then I decided not to. I was gonna... fuck you, I'm more important. Yeah, I was going to call, but then I decided I could do better. Do you want to stick around and watch me be famous for a bit? <laughs> Alec Baldwin's here. You want to say hi? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, See, she told him to drink tea. Is there toast, though? Is there toast? That's what he brought her to reconcile. Instead of instead of the flowers he brought her at the beginning, it's just a straight up loaf of bread. <laughs> busy, busy. I've got a dolly on a dolly here. <laughs> there are not, for this to be a depiction of a film set, there are not nearly enough people standing around smoking and complaining about their call times. <laughs> not to disparage those with early call times and long shoot days. <sighs> Man, many a day on my feet forever. Yep. Well, there, there was a, a fucking extra on Euphoria recently who, like, came out and did this big interview about the grueling conditions of working on that set because there was more than one occasion where I had to work 14 hours. Like, motherfucker, that crew worked eight more hours than you did in that day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you got to sit down. Yeah. <laughs> You got fed before they did. <laughs> and you got paid a lot to be an actor. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of people that work 14-hour days and, uh, you know, at a gas station. It's like, I've, I've never... Where I've there's never... no craft service, where craft service table is yeah. stealing from your employer. <laughs> I've, and I've hoping never, they don't notice. I've never once complained about how long shoot days are. Because, like, even if I'm there 12, 13 hours... I get to go back to my trailer and take naps a lot. Yeah. So like, I have no right to complain about it. Crew dudes, I get there two hours before everyone and leave three hours after. And I'm like asleep in my trailer. Yeah. Yeah. But that's true though. Sound, you can hear everything. I made that oh, mistake. Yeah. Yeah, uh, as a director a couple times of getting really pissed at the sound guys and letting yeah. them know how pissed I was to someone else and just <laughs> and I, they're like dude they can hear you and I'm like no way they can hear me I'm whispering and then I put the headphones on I'm like oh they heard everything I said I also like that his 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 travel bookstore is just called the Travel Book Company. <laughs> it's to the point. 
like, you didn't you didn't workshop other names at all. <laughs> no, I like it. I have a theory that banks, if banks are in trouble, they should start denying loans to people that have puns in their store names. That's true. <laughs> like, you put you clearly put way too much thought into the name and not the business plan. Well, he put like no thought to the name. Nope. That would be color, like though. like if like yeah. he opened a shoe store and just called it the shoe store. <laughs> Sounds great. Let's you know exactly what it is. <laughs> If he, opened a, a gro- if he opened a grocery store and called it Buy Food Here. There's a place in Barstow that's a Chinese food restaurant called The Chinese Food Restaurant. <laughs> I know the place you're talking about. I know the place you're talking about. I've driven by that fucker. <laughs> Barstow. Uh, are you getting meth too? <laughs> I mean, why else do you go to Barstow? <laughs> uh, I was shooting a film there for a minute and uh man interesting place interesting place I brought this yep. for you for I do like that uh uh that alien jerky place that place is pretty awesome yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's a good stop Shall I oh no don't I think that's Bakersfield though right is that or is that no that, that's Barstow isn't it's it Barstow. that's where the thermometer is actually Thermometer's That's part, Bakersfield. So. I don't know. I don't know. But when it came to it, I thermometer. I feel like there's too much out there for it to be Bakersfield. Okay. There's nothing in Bakersfield. <laughs> if you're from Bakersfield and you're listening to this episode, uh, move the fuck out of Bakersfield. Stop doing meth. <laughs> Stop doing meth. <laughs> Get clean. You won't want to be in Bakersfield anymore. <laughs> because Bakersfield people are definitely tuning in to watch Notting Hill. They love that movie in this, Bakersfield. This is going to be your least watch episode for sure. <laughs> I, I, I play huge in Bakersfield. And this movie kills. All the fucking people come out of their little desert huts. They get real excited over Hugh Grant. <laughs> Oh, did I miss the line where he tells her her accent? Oh, shit. No, she's she's trying to get back together with him again. Might let me see you a little, or a lot, maybe. Did she apologize for overreacting and being a bitch? Like me again. She did a little bit. Okay, good. She did a little bit. That that would be like my my first checkbox on that list. Like, well, did you apologize for losing your shit at me for no reason? And then did you go back in time and make that apology not eight months after the fact? She already said she already said like I thought about. She literally said like ten minutes ago I thought about calling and then I didn't. Like that's not even an excuse. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I thought about calling, but then I didn't. And then I changed my mind. Yeah. It's not about showing up for my show tonight, but then I didn't. Is that okay? This is the most I've looked at Julia Roberts in a long time. You're welcome. You are welcome. I'm realizing that I think I could probably stick my whole thumb in her nose. Could I just say? Okay. Probably. She has wanna, very large wanna, nostrils. I don't want that image in my head. She has very large Like I feel like I, I could put a toe in her nose. <laughs> Julia Roberts, if you're listening, I've always you put a toe in your nose. 
what Patrick Swayze is. Julia Roberts, if you're listening, don't listen to this bad man. <laughs> you are wonderful. Like, so I, can at, your I, nose. I could at least get this pen in there. <laughs> This is all a this is all a cover, right? Like George Clooney's gonna show up and rob the bookstore. She she's playing another another actress. Yeah, it'd be so great if you just see George Clooney like come in the back on a wire, take the Cadogan guide to whatever it was called, <laughs> just zip line back up. He drops down and steals all the books on San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> disappears <laughs> golden gate bridge in 800 pictures <laughs> marin and the surrounding counties <laughs> turn down <laughs> julia roberts <laughs> you realize that. he actually stole it the first time she came into the store <laughs> Yeah, this travel bookstore is so out of business by now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what, what they don't show is his character's severe financial problems. Can you imagine reading a travel book? These like being somewhere and like flipping through a book at this point? It's like, you know, like you used to get robbed because yeah. people could tell you were a tourist. Like if you're yeah. in New York City looking at a map, like in the 80s, maybe even into the 90s. Yeah. Like you'd get, there's like people would legit be like, dude, don't be looking at a map. You'll get mugged. But like these days, everyone's just got their face buried in the phone. So as long as you're not like, I'm on maps, I'm on maps. I mean, even then, there there are some countries in Europe and in Asia where it's like, and in Africa, where uh, uh, if they can tell you're a tourist, they scam the shit out of you or just straight up rob you. Like, yeah. like the Czech Republic. Yeah. I, I, I've never I watch met it. a more scammy place in my life than the Czech Republic. Like I'd walk up to like a some like a convenience store counter. It would say like this costs eight schmageggies in the background. You would give them ten schmageggies, and they'd be like, "No, it's 12. <laughs> it says eight right there. Like, oh, you got me. Like, it's all part of the game. Here's is, your two dollars. Schmageggies an actual form of currency? No, I just don't remember what they're currency was called it sounded like it could be a currency but <laughs> but like a cartoon currency i think schmageggy is like a yiddish word or something <laughs> see unofficial coinage of israel like who who buys travel books in general who's like i want to read about this place i'm going to and i'm gonna plan my trip around this book i bought <laughs> Lots of lots of people did that. <laughs> you just described everything pre internet you would go places pre-internet. That makes no sense to me. You'd get like uh what were they? Fromers. There's like Fromers oh, Guide yeah, and like yeah. Tom's Guide and Lonely Planet. I didn't know Fromers was a real thing. You remember it from Eurotrip? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just Eurotrip. <laughs> Is it a I real was, thing? I was surprised to learn that it was a real thing uh, it as well. Yeah, okay. my parents had a... See, we're back in the restaurant. They definitely lost the house location. 
Well, no, it's because his bookstore is doing so but poorly. Like the re- they just, the they were just at the closing of this restaurant, and now they're at it drinking again the next day. Like we, we didn't support you when you were open, but yeah. now that you're closed. But now that you're closed, free. we'll drink wine here for free. <laughs> hey, what are you doing with those pallets at the background? I could use one. Um, I think it might be, yeah. She just gave you a Chagall. She said she wanted to go out with you. That's nice. I think I, I understand why he's hesitant, but I also get why he would go back to her. Because she's Julia Roberts. If yeah, if Julia Roberts was like buying me priceless shit and telling me that she wanted to be with me, I like I don't care how how crazy you were earlier in the movie. It's fine. I think you just described a lot of people's horrible relationships that they're currently in with rich people. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Julia Roberts was like, "I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking that boy to love her." You know, how do you turn that down? You can't. How do you turn that down? He did. I mean, that's like the first time he's had a spine, and then of course he's like, "I think that might have been the right decision." I, I would say fuck my spine. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, she'd run into the issue of like, well, are you going to come to my shows? And she'd be like, well, when I come to your shows. And then I'd be like, this would be supportive. <laughs> I've seen you do that set 15 fucking times. And that coming to your shows. I like I like the idea that in your head right now Julia Roberts is complaining about having to go to your stand yeah. I, exactly how I would be so lucky as to have Julia Roberts complain about having seen too many of my stand-up sets. I just don't think that joke you do is funny. I'm I'll, I'll write a new joke every day if Julia Roberts comes. <laughs> oh, this is the race to the airport. Do you yeah. Another licensed song. Always. Was this the movie that established this uh, this trend for rom coms? I don't know. I uh, this one doesn't quite. They don't quite go to the airport in the end, so it's not like the airport gate thing. Thank God. That's the only thing good about 9-11 is that new TSA restrictions killed the airport meeting at the gate thing. (laughs) Thanks, 9-11. Yeah, thanks for killing that trope. (laughs) I'm not sure it was worth the whole thing, but, you know. (laughs) Don't forget what those people gave their lives for. Yeah, they, they gave it for no more meeting Sarah Jessica Parker at the gate. So we could do away with that stereo, the cliche in wrong uh, <laughs> I don't even know what the new cliche is. What, what are the new wrong? Is there, I don't feel like there's a burgeoning rom-com business anymore. No, it's it's definitely not a genre that is as prevalent as it used to be. Just, they, they need a good uh, superhero rom-com. <laughs> uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. There you go. There you go. I didn't realize that it was heavy romantic vibes underneath that one. Oh, for sure. For What's sure. The, uh, there is that one, though, right? With uh, Where they're like in a black and white TV show. 
Oh, that's kind one, of a wonder, one wonder wonder vision. vision. Yeah, that's kind of a rom com. No, I was I've only kinda, seen was... the first two episodes. I assume it devolves from there. It was neither rom nor com. <laughs> There's that's way true. too many of those movies. Yeah. I can't. I can't do it all. WandaVision is just an eight-hour excuse to change Wanda's costume. That's all that show was. <laughs> it was so seriously eight hours to end with, and now she has a hat. <laughs> I like this. This is, uh, we started with Batman, and now we're going to end with Marvel. We started with DC, now we're going to end with Marvel. Just to appease everybody. <laughs> Have we insulted people from every movie genre yet? We hit sci-fi, we hit rom-coms, we hit the superhero movies. I don't know if we've done historical non-fiction yet. <laughs> no, we did in that scene with the horses. Oh, there you go. Okay, good. We're just checking all the boxes. I think... See, this is James Martin. Bond material right there, right? Yeah. <laughs> did you see the way he ran into that hotel? Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Wedding Crashers were probably like two of the last really great rom-coms. Yeah. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Is... And, and Knocked Up. Knocked Up. Yeah, Knocked Up is good too. Fuck, and 40-Year-Old Virgin. Just Judd Apatow. <laughs> yeah, like now that I'm thinking about it, I never realized how many of his movies fall into rom-com territory. I like that they just got in, like, he was like, I, I'm not letting you into this press conference with a famous person. Oh, who are you? Writing an article on people, how hotels treat people in wheelchairs. <laughs> like, okay, can I see what magazine you work for? <laughs> They're just like, nope, okay, now you can go in. It's horse and hound again, clearly. Yeah. Horse and hound's handicap section. <laughs> Disabled like horses and hounds, too. <laughs> They're better with the hounds, but... <laughs> They're better with the hounds. ...towards the end of the autumn and over here around Christmas or early in the new year. Right. Dominic. This is also a very pre-9-11 thing, the lack of any kind of real security. Yeah. why we have to round things up now, so final questions, please. Yes, lady there. Is your decision to take a year off... Yes, lady there. <laughs> Is that literally what he said? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you there with the boobs. Absolutely not. Hey, dreadlock face. <laughs> dreadlock face. I will say from my experience, rumors about Jeff do tend to be true. Uh, the last time you were here, there were some fairly graphic photographs taken. I want to sneak in a press conferences uh, and just start asking. Oh, that was definitely not a real picture that guy just took. <laughs> he was just like, I gotta see that again. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. <laughs> he added the sound to it. Yeah, like, he, you know, he exaggerated that. go with a quiet push. sound. <laughs> Gentleman who has not stopped wearing a pink shirt all movie. Gentleman with no press credentials <laughs> that just showed up. Are there any circumstances in which 
uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends. Is this? Oh God, please don't tell me this ends with a slow clap. I'm sorry. <laughs> it ends the same way the Mighty Ducks ended. <laughs> like they're all a slow they're gonna... clap, and then Emilio Estevez comes out of nowhere, does one of these. It turned out that this person, uh, is no It ends with lots of fake pictures being taken. <laughs> and Emilio Estevez. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. We are the champions. <laughs> Uh, I heard there there's a Mighty Ducks TV series. Yeah, Mighty Ducks and they, game and they like tried to film it during the pandemic, and Emilio Estevez was in it, and he yeah. refused to get vaccinated, so he stopped being in it. Yeah, he only did the first season, and now he's that's not doing so it anymore. disappointing. Yeah, that's so disappointing. I loved the Mighty Ducks. Ah, we should do the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Mighty Ducks would be a good one. I'm down. I fucking love. Can we can we do D two? That's my favorite. D two, yeah. And that's the one with the knuckle puck, right? All three of them. D three. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. All right. I fucking All right. love them. See, I I wanted to watch that show because it felt like just the Mighty Ducks version of Cobra Kai, and I fucking love Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah. But then the trailers looked really bad and. I didn't hear a whole lot of great things, so I've, I haven't heard anyone that watches it. I'm probably not aimed at such a big age demographic. Yeah. Big pictures coming. Lots of fake. Oh my God, that's that sad British gentleman we've been following. <laughs> Let me stick this huge telephoto lens three feet from his eye socket and start taking pictures. He wants to take a picture of just his iris. How the fuck did they get in there? Look how sweaty he is. This is just the press. Look at that junket. smile. Look at that smile. This is just the press junket version of the slow clap. So many flashes. See, this this is why I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind it back here a little bit. This is why I watch rom coms when I'm lonely and depressed. Right there, that smile makes you feel good. No, it's because like I'll I'll watch the I'll watch something like this and see like the happy ending where they're all in love and shit. I'll be like, I wish someone would look at me like that. Yeah, doesn't that make you sad? Yeah, <laughs> it's like I wish I had that. That's yeah. I mean, you you like to wallow in this. Yeah, oh I yeah. Get it. Okay. When, 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 I, when I'm sad and depressed, I'll put on a rom com just to make it fucking worse. <laughs> she wearing a blanket, a space blanket to her wedding. Did she run She's a marathon? A run a marathon and then <laughs> is there a forest fire coming <laughs> oh that's an illuminati cake if i've ever seen one let's be real she paid for this wedding <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean this isn't travel bookstore yeah. his, his travel bookstore money contributed so there's there's the full <laughs> character arc of that guy he almost danced his his character arc was he almost saw Ringo Starr, and then he almost danced at a wedding. His entire character arc right there. 
This is for sure like a premiere of a film, right? And then they just yeah. duck Hugh Grant in there. And they, they have to inevitably ask her the questions of like, who's this guy? And she'd be like, this is my new husband. And they'd be like, he, sell, he used to sell books. Yeah. And then I was like, stop. <laughs> he owned a bookstore and now he's unemployed. So he just followed and me. Now everywhere. he trips over carpets. <laughs> he trips over carpets. One of these days he'll knock me up though and end my movie career. Yeah, is he supposed to be her kid? Yeah, gross. You got a redhead? Who the fuck are all these other people? With the, the private garden that they snuck into at the beginning. They now own a house with her money that overlooks the private garden. I mean, he's... He kind of he won. I mean, yeah. assuming that she, like, hasn't blown up on him every day. Like, they don't oh, show the day-to-day, sure. -day. like... She could be abusive. She's not made it more than 24 hours without breaking up with him at any point in this film. He's just used to it by the end. Like she keeps asking for him for a divorce and he just stays in the house. He's like, you'll be fine tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yay, we did it. We did. <laughs> we did it. Oh, we made it to the cheesy font at the end nothing more 90s than a closing credit song by shania twain shania twain it's also a hard left in the in the music too like, the, like al green and then yeah. shania twain the only way that could have been more 90s is if it was a celine dion song <laughs> and if people were dying at a boat and I, titanic was early 2000s wasn't it no that was 90s okay good that was 97 i think 97 or 98 yeah I remember also, my, first, my first girlfriend had a poster of Leonardo DiCaprio in her room, and I remember being super jealous about it. It took this, me years to start liking Leonardo DiCaprio because of it. We're, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like two weeks into recording this podcast, and this is, I think, like the seventh or eighth time I've mentioned Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> like, at this point, I should just do an episode where I watch fucking Titanic by myself. <laughs> That should be like your Patreon. <laughs> they can just watch your, me cry. Titanic is just the two and a half hours solo episode of. Do you remember like people flipped out about Titanic because it was two and a half hours long, yeah. and now people are like, the Marvel movie better be that long. It's like, oh yeah, fucking I mean, cut an hour out of every one of those movies and stop making them video games. I mean, then they maybe be good. This movie comes in like almost exactly at two hours. I know. I was surprised at how long it was when I, I queued it up the other day i was like two hours god damn it but you know you only ever watched it passively conversations <laughs> dude i no, no joke i had this on vhs i had a tv next to my bed and like all high school i'd watch it in like five minute increments until i fell asleep and then like watch it from the next point like every night <laughs> this movie taught me about love and we just experienced it together adam and that that says a lot about the way we handle our relationships <laughs> <laughs> Because I've for that, years that's I've why been like I'm currently dating an abusive movie star. <laughs> so for, for years I've been like, what do you mean Will Smith isn't gonna show up and help me with this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I get that. Rom coms <laughs> forming your your emotional basis for future relationships. It's uh like one of us should do material on that there's a bit in there somewhere <laughs> i got some bits on rom-coms there you go okay 
yeah. Next next time you see me, I'll do it. I'll do one on rom com. If if you've got bits on it, I won't go write bits on it. <laughs> <laughs> you got uh, got anything you want to plug before we uh, we call this yeah, one? Just uh, visit me at alexandermalt.com. I got videos, show dates, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, up there, you can find everything everything you want up there, and always changing plethora of goodies. Nice, nice. Yeah. This has been uh, funny. People ruin movies. For the yeah, weekend. thanks for having me, bud. Of course. I'm uh, I'm your host, Adam Cagley, joined by my amazing guest, Alex Malt. We will see you next week, everybody. <laughs>